Hi, everyone. This is Nikki Bostwick, your host for the Laguna Beach Living podcast. I grew up in Laguna and I started this podcast to learn more about the wonderful people in and around our community. Our conversations will range from politicians to activists and local business owners. Stay up to date with our publication by going to lagunabeachliving.com and signing up for our newsletter or following us on Instagram at lagunabeach.living. Thanks for tuning in. Today's guest is Tony Eisman, who's been a city council member for 20 years, and she's served four terms as mayor. Hi, Tony. Hi. You've been on city council for a very long time, and you served as mayor, so tell me a little bit about how you got started. I got started uh, doing um, fundraisers and things for people that I wanted to get elected, because I had no intention of being the candidate. I don't think very many people think they want to be the candidate, but when when you got somebody you really like and you you like the way they they think their values, then you go out. And back in those days, um, it was you know pre-internet, and <laughs> which sounds like I know, <laughs> yeah, and it was another century, uh, but. Um, it was it was a lot of labor, you know. You'd you'd uh, stamp the envelopes and send them in the mail, you know. It was that kind of campaign. Yeah. So, um, but there were people that I had worked for long and hard, and and um, there was particularly Bob Gentry, who was mayor of Laguna. He was the first openly gay uh, mayor in the country. That's and, amazing, uh, and he was right here in Laguna. Yeah, yeah. He was he was uh, an, over at UCI. He was an administrator at UCI, and he called a meeting at his house for people to find somebody to run for council. So I went over there, you know, and we all came out with a list of like 25 people, and everybody else had a better excuse than I. I really of why you couldn't run? Yeah, oh, I really didn't. I really didn't want to run. I mean, I had all kinds of reasons, but ultimately it came down to. Um, and and this this is an interesting story. Uh, Tom Brokaw wrote a book called The Greatest Generation, and it was uh, about the uh, World War II soldiers and how they really turned the world around. And he was this guest speaker at graduation at Harvard, and he challenged the, the graduates at Harvard, um, what were they going to do? What sacrifices were they willing to make? And that was a, a really powerful question. So. If I didn't want to run for council because I didn't want to look like an idiot, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not a politician. I don't want to raise money. All of those things. Because if somebody's running for the first time, they really have to go through those questions of what are they doing. But um, I got coached. Oh, you did? <laughs> and I... I by who? I knew, well, uh, by, Bob, uh -huh. Bob Gentry and, and so forth. I read a lot and I, I watched some meetings and, and I ultimately uh, found myself um, really knowing more than I thought that I knew. Mm -hmm. Bob said that I wouldn't have any problem because I had been the president of the Academic Senate at Orange Coast College. And he said, if you can handle politics on a college campus, you can handle politics anywhere. Mm -hmm. So so I did have that behind me. 
and it's you have to have tough skin and I didn't think I had tough skin but it's gotten a lot tougher so I mean for anyone who's uh, upset about what's going on, would like to do something about it, want somebody else to do it. That's usually what people think. I wish somebody would do this. Yeah. And then you have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. That's when it's really like, oh, yeah. no, it has, I have to do it. You yeah. Know? So, you know, I, th- I think, you know, in your generation, it, it's it's going to be interesting to, to see people get involved in, in what their issues are, you know, mm-hmm. whatever is important. And in different communities, it's all different. Yeah, so. there's different issues hitting each community. But I'm interested, before we talk about our community and what issues um, we ha- are facing right now, I'm interested in hearing about um, what brought you to Laguna and also at the time when you were running well, I'll ask you afterwards, but okay. what brought you to Laguna to begin with? And what was your career prior to being on city council or being a politician? Um, I grew up in Nebraska mm-hmm. and one of my roommates in college lived in Corona del Mar. And uh, even though I'd taken Spanish, I didn't translate Corona del Mar yeah. <laughs> by the sea. Yeah. So anyway, I, I came um, right, be- right after I graduated, um, I visited her and she, she said, let's go to the beach. And I went out to get in the car and she said, no, we're walking, you know, so this is my first time in the ocean. Yeah. And, and that wow. was 1967. And, um, I just, I couldn't believe, you know, the beauty, extraordinary beauty. And then we drove down to Laguna one night from Corona del Mar and I came in and saw the nightlights and I, I just couldn't get over how gorgeous Aww. it was. And so, it was um, breathtaking. yeah. And I thought, Hmm, but then I, I went back to Nebraska and I taught school for a couple of years there. I was teaching uh, eighth grade, those combination history and English classes. Oh. In fact, I just, I heard from one of my students who found me on the internet and, um, he said something about I was one of his favorite teachers, which, of course, teachers love hearing yeah, that. Yeah, oh, of course. But, you know, I, I think I was a, I, my real career was as a counselor. I was a much better counselor than I was a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so I did over 35 years as an educator. I, I moved from Nebraska and for 10 years worked in Santa Ana, real interesting district, and then 10 years in Irvine, and then the last... Uh, 15 or 16 years at Orange Coast College. And this is why you lived in, did you move straight to Laguna or to Corona del Mar? Kind of. No, I I was living in um, Huntington Beach mm-hmm. uh, for six months until uh, we found a place to live in Laguna. And it's, uh, if you're going down the Third Street Hill mm-hmm. and, and you look over to the right, there too, there's a set of matching apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. And uh, I lived at 404C, and we paid $240 a month for a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment, which we thought was really expensive. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. what It'd be interesting to know what they rent for I now. I know. And just with inflation, like how much that cost oh. at that time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Equivalent uh, to. it was, Laguna was very different. Um, I mean, we'd walk down that really steep Loma Terrace, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, there was a grocery store downtown, Acords. There was a, a floral shop, uh, Eschbox, and um, 
Jack Eschbach is one of the more interesting and important people in the history of Laguna. Yeah. Um, I think a great deal of the beauty in our town, we can thank him for. You know, where uh, the pepper tree is, where the killer killer pepper. yogurt place yeah. is, mm -hmm. and you walk through there. I love there. pepper tree. Yeah, the he, gelato shop. Yes. Mm -hmm. He did that. Mm -hmm. He made that beautiful. So and, I mean, and, and he had a, a store at Christmas time uh, that was so beautiful that uh, people were lined up on the sidewalk to get inside just to see what he'd created. He was, he was wonderful. Um, he, as I understand... Um, he got sick and died very quickly, and they didn't know what he had. He was probably one of the first people with AIDS. Oh. And they, they didn't ha have a diagnosis. All they knew is that these men were dying, and it was, it was really tragic. But he certainly left his mark. Um, what year is this? Um, this must have been 72. Two seventy one or seventy two, and you moved here around that. I moved here in seventy. Uh huh. And uh, what I used to do is go through the alley behind the flower store. This is incriminating information. <laughs> and at the end of the day, they'd throw out the flowers that they didn't think were fresh. Well, they looked good to me. Well, you were thinking smart then. <laughs> so, so I was digging in there, and I'd take home a bunch of flowers that were beautiful. But evidently, I left some of the. Uh, stuff in the alley and they caught me oh and my said gosh. don't don't do it anymore That's okay so funny. You know, yeah it was it was dear I really just for using you didn't want anything to go to waste yeah I mean, that very practical yeah I, very eco-friendly really, of you I am very practical <laughs> mm -hmm. definitely um so okay at the time you moved here so at the same time as when you were interested in running for council and you did which was what year 98, 99. Mm -hmm. You were, you also worked as a counselor. Yeah. And do you continue to do so? I, I retired in 2005. Wow. So uh, it was, it's much more time consuming now to be on the council mm -hmm. than it was then. It's an incredible commitment. And it would be very hard for somebody to have a full-time job and, and be on the that. council. And, and it shouldn't gonna... be like that. Mm -hmm. We should be able to figure out a way so that that's part of the deal with your generation. How do you have somebody, you know, like you have a baby and, mm -hmm. you know, job and then, and then the city council, which is several meetings a week. Not, not not the ones you see, the ones that are in City Internal. Hall, but all these other meetings around and expectations and commitments. And, and you know, it makes sense, uh, it, but people don't see all of those things. So it's a real shock yeah. when somebody gets on the council and they go, whoa. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because like you don't know what the day-to-day -day life is of someone mm -hmm. who runs on this on city council, but then when you're in it, I'm sure it's just nonstop. And the, 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 it's, the good news is that it's Laguna Beach and the people that I meet are so interesting. I mean, that's amazing. I'm sure. You know, I, I really believe you can knock on almost any door in town and there's a story there. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if I were a really good writer, oh, it'd be so much fun. This, you know. To just go and knock on people's doors. Yeah. 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 There's this um, person who does, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called Humans of New York. 
but he's in New York City and he just takes photos of everyday people in New York and then he writes about their stories and now he has a book and he's actually even gone to Tehran and done it but it's just so beautiful to just get every everyday lives wow and hear about what yeah, we're all that's, doing that's exactly yeah that thing and yeah well, I'm gonna have to check that out yeah it's just humans of New com. I mean I'm not affiliated with it in any way but I just always thought that was so beautiful and mm -hmm. such a great idea um so at the time when you didn't want to run but you ended up running mm -hmm. um were there other women on city council there were there uh were. Kathleen Blackburn was on city council uh, at one point, I, I have been the only woman yeah. at times. And then I also, there was one time where there were four women and one guy. What year was that? That wasn't that long ago. Um, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. It was probably about eight years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. And I, you know, at one point it looked like there could have been, it, depending upon how the race went, we could have had all females on the council. That's great. And you don't realize how unusual that is because... Uh, well, what we're seeing in this last election, as far as women, it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, but we elected for the state assembly, Cotty Petrie Norris, who um, is representing the coastal area from mm -hmm. Laguna to Huntington Beach. And uh, she, I heard her speak um, last week, and someone had asked her uh, how long... Um, how many women have been elected to this office from this seat? And the answer was none. Wow. She's the first woman. And then the next question was, how long has it been since she's a Democrat? How long has it been since a Democrat has been elected from the, for the seat? She's the first. That's incredible. So you've, you've got a, a, a coastal and all these coastal cities, things are starting to change. And I, I think what, there's so many issues that unite us in terms of our values, um, the environment, you know, um, trying to figure out how to go forward uh, with responsible things because your generation, you're the ones, we're leaving a legacy mm -hmm. and we better start cleaning up what we're doing uh -huh. because it's absolutely essential. Kati will be great. She will just be wonderful. So environmental. But, yeah. yeah. She's, oh, she's so smart. Uh, and um, they recognize it in Sacramento. I mean, she got there, and they put her immediately on appropriations, which is the key, the best committee of all. Yeah. You know, but that's just, you know, it's fun to watch her because you just see her brain working. She's mm -hmm. really, we're really lucky. You need to interview Cotty. Maybe I will. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> she's in town. Yeah. yeah, she's a local. She's from Laguna. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, things are changing. But do you think that at the time when you were running, we were, are we just more progressive that there were women on council at the time or, oh. or do you think things had already changed by that? Well, that's a good question. And I don't know if I know the answer. Uh, I've, I've thought that we are more progressive than surrounding communities that's just that's a good way of been, putting it than our surrounding but not necessarily yeah, big cities yeah maybe it, it good point that's that's that is the question uh relative to it and you wouldn't think well when i was at irvine high one of the women in the cafeteria said i don't know how you can live in laguna beach 
all those people there, those weird people, you know? Yeah. How can you have a child? How can you raise a child in Laguna Beach? You know, right? Oh, my <laughs> and, uh, gosh. You know? And it's, it's like, I don't know. We, we are, no, let me, let me say it differently. We were very different. And now that difference is embraced, mm-hmm. you know, they, and um, we, we owe the magic in our community to the fact that we had uh, people that uh, were independent thinkers and smart and creative and fearless and so forth. Uh, but back to when I was paying $240 mm-hmm. a month, um, there is a, a cliche that says they roll up the sidewalks, meaning nothing happens. Yeah. Absolutely nothing happened at night. They really, this, this was the quietest little town. And the only place, you know, after probably eight or nine o'clock at night was a Denny's. There was really? a Denny's, uh, yeah, uh, very close to where Mozambique is. Oh, and yeah. they tore it down mm-hmm. and they put in a, a little hotel there. But that was the extent of it. That's where people went, you know, for French fries. That's You know, after a night of drinking or whatever, you know, got to have some French fries and, and laugh what and What time was Denny's open till? Oh, well, I know it was open at least till midnight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, but the, the sense of the town um, was there was a simplicity. Mm-hmm. And Forest Avenue... Um, you know, there was a place, there was a stationary store, a place to repair your toaster or your vacuum cleaner, you know, that kind of practical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Bouchards. Yeah. Yeah. We still have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's one of the, one of the ones, Mm -hmm. but, um, I, I enjoy hearing from people who don't live here and probably four, four, at least four times a week, someone will say, I hadn't been in Laguna in so long, and I was so happy to see that it's still that wonderful town. I don't know how you kept it from changing, mm-hmm. you know. And whereas there, this whole else. campaign is saying, change Laguna, change Laguna. Mm-hmm. And yet the, those people, because, you know, it, it needs a little polishing here and there. Mm-hmm. But, but shabby, it's not. It's quaint. Yeah, and, it's and quaint. And it's historic. And... It's, uh, has, uh, it's such a unique experience. I, I was talking with somebody about, about trying economic vibrancy, which is really hard everywhere, yeah. not just in Laguna. Mm-hmm. And the question was, look at all those empty storefronts downtown. I'm going, no. If you go downtown and you walk with somebody, if there's an empty storefront, we're waiting for the next person to move in. Mm-hmm. So any of those things, they go, well, this place is empty. Now, we're all waiting for the Hotel Laguna to open, and we're all looking forward to the theater opening. So those two things, but the city uh, is doing everything. The city being the capital C, the city mm-hmm. council, can't make this happen. You know, all of the property owners have to work it out. Yeah, it's about working together. I think one of the things that I absolutely love about Laguna is the fact that we really don't have many chains in town. And I think that's something that you love about, I mean, you worked on. You're right. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, um, my family moved here when, from Laguna Niguel, and I was 11 years old when I moved to Laguna. And 
everything just kind of, for me, even just moving 15 minutes toward the ocean was so transformative because, um, well, water is so healing and nature is so healing, just being near it. And, um, you know, at that age, like I was six in sixth grade and people wear so much makeup, even at that age. And I came here and no one wore makeup at Thurston and everyone was just natural and they were beach babies. And I just really admired that it was a slower pace, um, way of living. And it really shaped who I am. And I think, uh, and then I started to appreciate, wow, there are no chains really. I mean, there's Taco Bell here and there and KFC is gone, you know, yeah. and, um, but for the most part, it's so fun to have mom and pop shops like Laguna Art Supply and oh, there's isn't that bush- wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And I never want them to go away because you should be able to support the local, um, the local people in town who live off of their business and that's their whole life. And, and it's wonderful because we don't need to go to another city to be to go buy some watercolor or even that we have a hardware store in town. We have shoe repair. We have everything that we really need right here. Boy, are we on the same page? Yeah. I've gotten in discussions with somebody who said, Oh, Ocean Avenue is horrible. I never went. There's nothing on Ocean Avenue. I said, everything I want is on Ocean Avenue. Yeah. You know, you've got Anastasia's, you've got the consignment store, you've got the shoe repair store, you've got the art supply store, you have Cafe Zinc, you've got the post office on I the know. other side, then yeah. you've got the bank, and then you run you your know, you've got the grocery store, and then you've got the this. That's that's and, and you're gonna run into somebody you know, right? Yeah, totally. You, you know, the, you can't go downtown without running, running into, into someone, and you get all your errands done right mm-hmm. down there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You go to the bank, you go to the post office, you go get your coffee. Um, but I think, like you said, I think polishing is a really great way of putting it because I do think that our town run. There's got to be a happy medium and a balance because our town is run on tourism as well maybe not the main shops that we're talking about but then it's there's so much tourism that keeps this town going throughout the year and with that there's like I've you know read some interviews and obviously we are the beach town for all these surroundings communities and trying to have the right not the right kind of tourist but an educated tourist come in that cares for our beach and doesn't want to trash it um you know growing up I just there's just so much trash left sometimes I know yeah and amazing yeah and like um again even I love keeping it quiet too and as far as like motorcycles revving up their engines (laughs) that's my baby if I maybe I'll become in in my next life a police officer and I'll arrest noisy motorcycle (laughs) people and get rid of motorcycle police then something good happened uh, in the last few months it used to be if a guy stopped or a, a police officer man or woman stopped a noisy motorcycle they would get a fix it ticket now you stop them and they get a ticket ticket so there's no going going in and there's an actual penalty so yeah. this is this is a big deal because there it, it to me i, I kind of feel sorry for them mm-hmm. if they have to make that much noise it's kind of like oh honey grow up mm-hmm. you know i know but, why do you need to rub it up just go through town yeah like yeah go through town and um 
a few years ago, I was really adamant about that. And so somebody on their motorcycle used to go back and forth in front of my house, making as much oh noise as they possibly could. They couldn't help it. You know, he was just, just being, I guess, you Did know. he live in town? I don't know who it was. That's so I, I, weird for someone out question. of town to do. Yeah, so. to make. <laughs> that's so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. But I've lived in the same house uh, since 1973. So let's see, do the math on that one. 27, 37. Yeah. You that's know, going, amazing. Going on, yeah, a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was an old house when I moved in mm-hmm. and haunted. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you've ever lived in a haunted house. No, and I would be, t- I can't even stay home alone ever. I mean, at night, I, I still get scared. Yeah, and I'm married, and I have a kid, but I'm still scared to be home alone. Lock the doors and stuff. Um, I think the ghost got tired and left. Oh my gosh! But um, oh, it was very interesting. Um, The um, this is my theory on what what happened, but I would we would notice things. the sound of like somebody walking on the ceiling. It's not like somebody was upstairs walking on the floor. It more or less sounded like feet there. That's so scary. And sometimes this this wind would come through the room for no reason at all. Wow. And then we had uh, two mirrors jump off the wall. (gasps) One jumped off the wall, flipped, and neither one of them broke. Yeah, and a clock dropped. And, and, um, but when... I, this is going to sound strange. I think the ghost liked me because I was taking good care of her house. Yeah. But we went to Mexico one summer and had some people living in, and they were what you would call rational people. Um, one was a, a psychiatrist. His wife was a nurse, and somebody else was a graduate student, elementary school teacher. Those are the four people living there. And they were so afraid in that house that when we got back from Mexico, they were all sleeping in the same room. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Terrified. You know, they just, so, but yeah. That ghost just wanted to stay in Laguna Yeah, and didn't want anyone else. Who are you guys? You know, you know, so that, and, and what's interesting is that, you know, you, you'd kind of do, I believe in ghosts. I don't know, except I've got one. Yeah, you know? totally. I mean, it doesn't make it, it go doesn't make with my sense. intellectually. I cannot embrace, but I get it mm-hmm. because that's the way that it is. So I think that's the way a lot of those the way those things work is. We can't really explain it, and we feel like we sound crazy, but they're happening. These are things that happen, mm-hmm. and and Laguna has so much history that it's just not surprising. That yeah. There are homes that are haunted or not haunted, but just have um, spirits living in them. And who wants to leave Laguna? Yeah, right. So, okay, let's go back to you being on city council for so long. What is it like day to day? And what do you do every day? Uh, (laughs) Well, I would say probably have 40 emails a day. And of those 40, at least half of them get immediately deleted because they're junk, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so the 20 remaining are at least 12, I would guess, are related to the city council. Something's going on. There's a problem in my yard. 
Um, when are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Oftentimes, what I'll do is I just connect people. Somebody will complain to me about something that I can't fix, but I know how to forward the email to the right person, and something got fixed this week just like that. You know, the city staff has so much to do, mm -hmm. and it's really rewarding when they can get out and, and take care of things right away. Yeah. So, so, uh, so then you've got the Internet, which is so much better than the telephone. I can't imagine if I were talking on the telephone to every one of these people when you can do... I know, you know it's just so much. Because, because that would almost be impossible. There are some places, for example, in Irvine, um, the uh, city council has an assistant that sets up appointments going, whoa. That's you know, a, for each person? Yeah, or, every wow. council member has... has wow. yeah. Now, I don't, I don't think that we need to be that Paying fancy. Paying for that, yeah. <laughs> but... But uh, the the level of, of expectation is is really high, and and I appreciate you've got people who have been living here forever, and you've got people who just moved in, mm -hmm. and and for those that just moved in, navigating is difficult. Um, we have uh, a, a big problem, and that is how long it takes for somebody to actually finish their house. Oh, yeah. And it's you probably fit. read about it, you hear it's about like it. It's like five years or so yeah. to build a home here. Yeah, uh, that has to be fixed. I mean, uh, you know, basically they, from the time that somebody, it, it's about two years and it costs a lot of money to get the building permit and then you have to build a house. Mm -hmm. or, or sometimes it's just a question of remodeling adding on or, or whatever. Uh, we've got a lot of really good architects. Um, we have people that are, are very carefully um, fixing wonderful old houses. Yeah. You know, and and uh, that is, is it, I'm very interested in the historic nature of the community. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to happen in Laguna what happened in Corona Del Mar. Uh, if you go up there... Um, the flower streets are alphabetical, so you can always know where, if you hadn't yeah. noticed that. That's mm -hmm. kind of interesting. But you, you drive through, and you see what they have are these monster houses. They're, they're like a triplex, and they go, you know, two and a half stories up, straight back. And if there's a cottage here, and then there's another one of those monsters here, that cottage, who wants to live there when they're all in the shadows and it's mm -hmm. all whatever? It's just lost, you know, you can still find little bites of Corona Del Mar and you see what it was like, but we don't want that to happen in Laguna. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's a, an important lesson. So we have to, it's good to have, um, guidelines and to make sure that we want to keep it a certain way, but it's just, how do we keep that, but also streamline it so that it's quicker? Exactly. And yeah, I think that's so That different. has to be done. And that is a goal of, of mine this year. And I think, I, I don't think there's anyone on the council who doesn't agree with yeah. that. We have to do that. Cause it makes it difficult if you want to redo something, um, you'd pay rent and you do, you know, you need to be able to afford that and not very many people can so then it's only a certain person that can you're right and that's not fair well this is funny during the campaign uh i was being blamed for the cost of housing in laguna and, <laughs> and i thought 
Oh, for heaven's sakes. If I did this, they should, uh, you know, clone me and send me all over the country. So, so the pri- yeah. houses pro- will go totally. up in value. <laughs> no, uh, I didn't do that. Um, you know, uh, the ocean did that. Yeah, I mean. Uh, the-, the beauty, natural beauty, the finite amount of space, the, you know, the funky nature of the community. I mean, it's such a discovery Mm -hmm. for people to come here. They just cannot believe the difference between Laguna and everything else. I know it's so beautiful here. It's such a gem. We're so lucky and keeping it this way is a job for sure. Keeping it quaint, but also making it beautiful at the same time. And fresh, Mm -hmm. you know, keeping it fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I have something I'm, hoping I'm able to do and that is um it's a little wonky as because I have to explain that you may know this we have dry weather diversions and what that means is the storm drains in the street don't go to the ocean in the dry weather everything that's captured goes down to a sewer treatment plant behind the ranch in Aliso Creek Uh and that's so good for the ocean yeah but when it rains we we have to open it up and everything goes to the ocean and you probably know you don't swim after it rains because the water's so terrible so terrible and dirty and and now that it's rained i suspect the sidewalks and streets are pretty clean right now Mm -hmm. because it's rained but all of that went to the ocean so what I'm trying to do is is to find a way for the San Diego Regional Water Quality Board, which is uh, they are the ones that are adamant about keeping the ocean clean, will let us sweep the uh, hose down the sidewalks and streets in the dry weather, let that dirty water go down to the sewer treatment plant, and do that quite frequently. And then when it does rain. The streets and sidewalks are relatively clean. Yeah, so you that know, doesn't go yeah, in the ocean. I mean, when I was at the college, I was used to ex- talk to my students about it. I said, can you imagine if you washed your hair every six months? You know, I mean, it's just a horrible thought. Yeah. We, you know, these sidewalks and streets get washed every six months when it rains. No wonder people get ear infections. No wonder people get so sick. We have to. Uh, there's so many reasons why it makes sense. It's not going to be easy. But uh, for a, I, I think we can make it happen. Yeah. I, we have to get first permission of the regional water board and then figure out a way to have, you know, people aren't, aren't going to be able to park in the streets. I don't know how often we, we would do the cleaning, maybe once a month or something, mm-hmm. moving through town and in, in the commercial areas. It wouldn't be in the residential areas because they're not hit nearly as much as the, the commercial. But yeah. That's I know. one of my my hopes. Especially, I mean, we're on Coast Highway. There's just so much, so, so much, ugh. There's yeah. just filth. <laughs> and it, you need to keep it clean. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we do a pretty good job of, in general, having it be clean oh, in town, yeah. which is so nice. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, so... When I was in high school, we're going to beach high school, um, I took a class and our senior project was to um, do some sort of documentary, whatever, on the town. And we did one on homelessness. And um, my group went around and interviewed um, different homeless people in town and then also in um, Los Angeles. 
And what, I, y- what year was that? This was in 2007, 2008, okay. yeah, 2006, 2007. Not that long ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was this, so my family, my dad is Mo Hanukkah and, um, my parents, at the time we all lived together, they're separated. Now we live right above the police station mm-hmm. and there was this, um, homeless man that I had seen often and he was downtown and we went and interviewed him and I'd asked him things like, I don't know, just where do you see yourself in 10 years or all these sorts of questions. And he said, he looked up and he pointed to my house. Oh, <gasps> I was like crying because at the time my parents had, I mean, it was like, it was actually Thanksgiving weekend and we, it was a really awkward Thanksgiving. I have a huge family, but at that Thanksgiving, it was just the four of us, my sister and I, and my mom and my dad. And like, it was right before our Thanksgiving meal and like, they weren't talking. So it was a really awkward dinner. But right. So emotionally, it was like a really hard time for me. But for him to point to that house and to say, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to see and myself. He didn't in 10 know years. it was your house. No, he didn't know. He had no idea. But it, I just got so emotional because I was thinking like he has no idea that just pointing and wanting to be in that place. He has no idea how much pain the people that live in that house are going through. Right. Oh, and I mean, this is like kind of besides the point, but ever since then, it really made me interested in just homelessness in general and um, our homeless population, which um, is getting bigger and um, and helping people, but learning how we can just help people, but not enable people and what that balance is oh, as well. It's a tough balance, isn't it? It's such it? a yeah. tough balance. And I think in general... Everyone wants to, everyone needs love. Everyone needs uh, basic needs that, to be met. And we are all here to help each other and we're all connected. And that's my belief system. So how do we help these people who are clearly struggling or maybe they've just been one paycheck away and now they're in this situation or maybe they are drug addicts. Maybe there's so many reasons why someone can be oh, yeah. homeless. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, we have the friendship shelter and that's great. And I know this is a very controversial issue in town and I'm still trying to wrap my head around why it's so controversial. Um, because I, everyone has a different idea of what we should do. And for me, I think, um, I always thought that we should just help people no matter what. And now I understand, I, I see both sides. Whereas I understand that if someone's a drug addict and they don't want to be clean, like in Seattle, um, that's what they did. They, went away with the policy of like, okay, they don't need to be sober. They can just have a place to stay. The housing first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Housing first. And it's like, I, I, there's no right or wrong answer. I think it's just trial and error and what works for some people doesn't work for others. It works for some, but not for others. And I'm just so curious what your stance is on it because, um, I have interviewed Peter Blake before, not, um, publicly, but in person, I know his viewpoints and, before speaking to all these different people, because I'm so interested in it, I just take everyone's perspective and I, I try and understand it and Mm I, I value everyone's opinion. Well, Kelly Boyd and I were on the original homeless task force 
But before that, um, Laguna had a homeless population forever. Mm -hmm. When I first came here, you would see these guys, usually men, around town. People knew their names. Uh, They would be, um, locals would have, I think, Wednesday night dinner, and it would be down on the beach someplace. Um, They always had clothes. Uh, They were actually offered places to live because, you know, you could probably count less than 20. And um, and it was a, a very accepting relationship. Yeah. And then everything changed. And uh, the, the fact that our weather is so nice uh, has brought homeless for everywhere, every place. Uh, we had a policy of uh, Laguna homeless. So how, how do you find out who the Laguna homeless is? Well, there was this checklist. Uh, did they work in Laguna? Mm-hmm. Did they go to high school in Laguna? Did they have family in Laguna? That is somebody that would, we would consider our own. Yeah. And we were uh, working hard to accommodate our homeless. Mm-hmm. But um, in the meantime, we had people... Uh, the sheriff in Phoenix was offering bus money for people, for homeless people to come to Laguna. Uh, this is, you Why know, did he not, like, why, why Laguna? Just be, to yeah, convince because, them to leave. Right. And that, because we had, you know, the Friendship, alternative sleeping yeah. location and so forth. And we had people that were feeding the homeless. And so it was just, you know, his way of getting people out of town. You know, here, here's the money, leave. And, um, you know, if you ha- you could pay $500 a night in a hotel in Laguna, or you could come here as a homeless person and sleep at the beach. Mm-hmm. So we had a mess on our hands. We had an incredible problem. And uh, for a brief period of time, uh, there was a young, aggressive meth population. Uh, you just see a, a whole angry attitude. And it was, it, I can remember being frightened at the main beach. This was maybe eight, ten years ago. And then um, then it kind of settled down, and, and then it just depends on who's in town. Our police work so hard. Uh, the most difficult thing um, is dealing with the dual-diagnosed homeless. You know, they're mentally ill, yeah. and they self-medicate. Uh, so... Uh, and and that happens early, you know. I um, I know a, a young man who uh, uh, there's a genetic predisposition mm-hmm. in schizophrenia, and and he was showing oppositional behavior at 16 and 17, and they didn't quite know what was going on. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, he's just um, so far gone. It's so sad. I mean, you you see them on the sidewalk. They're talking to themselves. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. they're getting in fights with imaginary people. They're screaming. I've and gotten yelled at for sure. Is it scary? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this there was one woman told me I was the devil, and I was in high school taking the bus. And oh no! I was like, oh my gosh, do I have bad energy? Like, what does she see something in me that I don't? I mean, it's and it's scary. Uh, yeah. yeah. And if I were your mother, I would have been so mad I would have gone looking for that woman she can't be talking to you that way you shouldn't that shouldn't have to happen but then at the same time it's 
part yeah. of life. So yeah, I guess it it is. Yeah. So, but so how do we handle the situation? Yeah. Um, I I think uh, the the uh, adjustments made at the alternative sleeping location are, are new, and it's going to be interesting to see how it works because they're very thoughtful. I think they're going to be offering services that, that could help people. We have found homes for so many. I don't know if you know this. So many of our homeless people have been housed. Yeah. So, wow, that's amazing. And, and are they the ones that are uh, part of that checklist or...? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, yeah. Uh, our, our Laguna homeless population has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller because they're no longer homeless. Mm-hmm. Now, um, but um, I would go to a, a national convention for cities. It's called National League of Cities and and go to all of the homeless workshops and... They, no one's got the solution. I know. That's what I, I'm asking because L.A. has a huge problem. Um, oh, terrible Seattle problem. Seattle has a huge L.A., I don't know really what they're doing. I feel like they're not really doing much right now. I don't know. But, but I know, obviously, it's on everyone's agenda to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, San Francisco. I, I, I would say part of the, the homeless population are people that wash out of sober living. You know, if, if you're here in a sober living facility and you can't keep it together... And you're out on the street, you're homeless. Yeah. And you're drug addicted. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am thinking that these facilities and people are making a fortune. They are. They are making a fortune. And some maybe some of the programs are good. You don't hear about the good programs. But when the programs aren't working um, and somebody gets kicked out, to me, that when they walk in the house, they have to have a return ticket home. That's that's part of the deal. You don't come come in, and if if they get booted, back they go. Yeah. But they don't become our responsibility, and and I'm I'm going to try to see what whether or not I can I can figure that out. It would be interesting um, from a state level. We that's conceivable that we can't control it at all because they're considered Americans with disability. So we are very limited as to what we could do. That but makes there's sense. nothing that says that we can't require the ticket home yeah but then it's like hard well I guess you just have a ticket home and then you change it if well because when you buy a ticket you don't know if that's really when you're leaving or no they just there there is that whatever money it takes to get a ticket to yeah you just have that money and and who whoever's running the facility takes them to the airport and says goodbye yeah I mean we there's just things that are happening in neighborhoods that it seems a little quieter now. Maybe the, I don't know why that not as the many rain. complaints, but yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. I'm not sure, but wow. Big, big, big problems. Yeah. Well, it was so wonderful chatting with you. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and it's so nice to meet you in person. And I just want to say it's inspiring it's really inspiring to see a woman on city council for so long and so passionate about our town. So thank you. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing more women on the city council <laughs> and uh, your generation, you know. So, you know, I would say to your generation, and, and I think I'm seeing it, you know, get involved with 
whatever it is that really interests you. Yeah. You know, for some people it's the parking and traffic and other people, you know, it's the environmental sustainability. They're just all kinds of, of ways to get involved. Yeah. So it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.